So what was it like gazing into the chest hair of hot Anthony Hopkins? Oh my god, man. I had an itch on my face that only that chest hair could satisfy. <laughs> you, sir, have it found was, yourself uh... a cold open. <laughs> to Bowlit, episode two of our third season. We're going to do our new thing, I guess. You know, we're off to a good start. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> what is happening? Are you allowed to make the cold open the first <laughs> couple seconds of the episode? I feel like it doesn't have the same effect. I don't know. I was cruising, and then I saw a look on Zach's face. I need to stop looking you at you cruising. guys while I'm doing this. <laughs> You got two words out. Yeah, I was, I was cruising right along. Uh, I said season... Uh, season three, episode two, and Zach gave me this weird like, <laughs> turned his head like. No, you, you said episode two, season three. Well, it's episode two of season. That's three. what you were making the face about, Jesus Christ! All right, let's go. <laughs> Don't blame this on me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's you. Uh, so, last episode we did movies we missed. This episode we're doing three star movies we love, like five star movies, and kind of open to interpretation again but we all went in basically exactly the same direction <laughs> um i will say if if we hadn't already talked about this movie twice and declared that uh, multiple people on this podcast wrongly don't like this movie i would have picked the secret life of walter mitty again because i love that movie and it is absolutely a three-star movie um i agree with half of that okay <laughs> you you agree with the part that i love that movie nope <laughs> oh yeah i guess i do yeah, yeah sure yeah. i guess i agree with both parts of that <laughs> all right so i'm chris i'm here with my regular co-hosts nate zach Hello. and we're here with our really great friend dave uh, who we forced to come on this podcast <laughs> again second second appearance uh first featured guest appearance hey man it's happy to be here <laughs> i'm just here so i don't get fine he says exactly. blinking torture <laughs> in morse code <laughs> Blinking uh, SOS, please help. <laughs> so, Dave, when you uh, well lead off with what movie you picked, and then uh, what led you to the decision to pick that movie based on the category? Uh, so, I picked Starship Troopers. That was my go for it, and this was the movie from my childhood that I absolutely loved, but I knew no one else around me loved it, primarily <laughs> because there's so much gore, so much like just disgusting things happening on the screen <laughs> that I, I don't even know what to say, but a lot of people dying, a lot of people, a lot of boobies too, by the way. Oh yeah. And, <laughs> and butts. And, and, <laughs> yeah, right. and butts. Lots of boobies and butts. So we have a general rule that uh, if we're watching a movie uh, together as a group and we're playing like a little drinking game, you always drink for butts. Uh, tough movie for it. Absolutely <laughs> yeah, right. After the shower scene. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So, yeah, I remember that movie from when I could start to feel things in puberty, you know? (laughs) So, (laughs) I don't know. It was just one of my go-to great guilty pleasure movies. 
and it's been that way ever since. Every time I get and I, every time I hear this type of genre or this type of idea float around, always Starship Troopers comes to my head. <laughs> right. Well, it's a good choice because uh, I hadn't seen it in a really long time, and I don't know if either. I'd never seen it. I had never seen it either. Seen it at all? Yeah. So I, we always like to go for movies that. Uh, the majority of us, or at least half of us, haven't seen. So. <laughs> Failed at that. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Zach, uh, on that note, what'd you go with? So, I went with the seminal American classic, uh, GoldenEye. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't get old. Um, oh, my God. Which I can't really um, diso- disassociate from the N64 game that I played for way too many hours growing up. And going back and watching the movie, I was like, Oh, like, I, I remember this not because I remember the movie all that well, just because I played, you know, same room split screen multiplayer of uh, GoldenEye on N64 so many times. Going back and watching the movie, it is, like, just as campy as I remembered, and there are some great parts, and then there are some parts that I really wish were never included in this. Um, <laughs> but it kind of was exactly what I remembered uh, from growing up. Nate, how about you? I went with uh, the Mask of Zorro. I was I was bouncing between a couple different options here that were sort of in that sweet spot of like you know something I spent a lot of time with um, when I was younger and like had an attachment to that I I was aware of enough at, in the moment or have become aware of enough that just like not up to par. So like the first sort of like guilty pleasure movie that came to mind was a goofy movie, but that's way higher than three stars, so that didn't make Ooh. the cut. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I was more in that initially. I was looking at the world is not enough territory, which would have been my Bond choice. Again, not not a value judgment, but but, <laughs> but was occupied that space. Bullet in the brain can't feel pain. That's cool. Like that is a cool concept. Well done, Bernard. Um, uh, Counter Monte Cristo was another one that was sort of in that lane of like I don't think I haven't heard anyone talk about this movie in the past. 25 years so that's probably not a good thing um but guy pierce erasure there. yeah right fair um what what rose to the top was the mask of zorro which is a movie that i just have this uh almost like visceral memory of more than i remembered anything that happened in it um i remember feeling kind of blown away by the um the appearance of one of the people just like how attractive they were and and it was cool seeing anthony hopkins like that you know coming back to it and having it still have the same impact um yeah it was just a movie that i, I you know I, I i probably enjoyed for different reasons when i was younger and and now it's sort of like the campiness of it and the the inherent humor whether it's laughing at itself or whether it's unconscious um of the film hits more now and back then i was probably like swords are cool um, I'm still like swords are cool, but uh, but it was it was fun to go back and revisit this one, um, with the exception of some deeply problematic stuff that's in a lot of '90s movies. So I'm sure we'll talk yeah. more about that when we get there. I'm sure we'll talk about that in most of the movies that we're going to talk about. Uh, I went with Blue Streak, uh, staying with the theme. We all we all went with '90s movies. We all went with movies that we loved during our childhood, and I think that's a safe way to go when you're thinking about three-star movies that you love like five-star movies because you're kind of divorced from the uh the responsibility of having to uh have liked this movie recently like (laughs) no one's gonna be like hey this movie sucks man like fools well i was a kid (laughs) it's pretty pretty easy to to do that dave didn't do that because dave uh i guess has seen 
Starship Troopers more recently, but um Hey man, I, I was a preteen. Okay. <laughs> I'm thirty now. <laughs> oh shit, we're all thirty. <laughs> yeah. You, you you made it sound like you've you've been revisiting it more often. Oh no, but, no, no. Well okay. just certain students. <laughs> just... Thanks, Zach. <laughs> Uh, oh boy. <laughs> um yeah so blue streak uh was a movie that i really enjoyed when i was a kid and was very worried about how it would have aged and i was a little surprised that uh it, it aged pretty well Arguably, i think aged the second yeah second, second best, best out of the, out of all of them yeah honestly yeah i forgot how much i loved that movie yeah, <laughs> yeah both I both in terms of just how funny it is and uh how I mean, like it's still a little problematic in places, but uh, overall, being a '90s movie about cops uh, could have been a lot worse. Yeah. Comparatively, within the round, it's certainly yeah. uh, two of us lose. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna go in uh, order of release. So we're gonna start with Golden Eyes. Zach, you want to lead us off with that? Sure. So this was the first Pierce Brosnan Bond, I believe. And so this kicked off the kind of 90s era of James Bond that was a little bit more uh, internet-y, I guess. You know, this was kind of the rise of it. And now this is, you know, spy satellites and... A lot of hacking. And GPS helicopters and all this kind of uh, stuff. And Pierce Brosnan comes in as a very slick, you know, stand-up British Bond. But it's still just, like, super campy. Alan Cummings is in here as, like, a Russian um, coder named Boris. Uh, Boris! (laughs) Sean Bean comes in. Um, This was the first appearance of uh, Judy Dench, I believe, in the series. Correct? Yeah, that was. And the first female um, M, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, And she's the best. She's the best part of this movie, like by far. Um, And I don't know. Will not hesitate to risk your life. (laughs) Sorry, I love that part. Love that scene. You have to apologize for loving Dame Judi Dench. There's a there's like a pretty biting critique of like the Bond character and his misogyny Mm. and stuff that she gives. Oh yeah, and it's this moment of being like, oh oh my god, do they get it? And then very quickly, (laughs) no, immediately after, pivot back to him and the It is tough. I am willing. I am willing to give full credit to Judy Dench for ad-libbing those <laughs> lines. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Broccoli family wasn't coming <laughs> near that shit. Do not believe that was in the script. No, not at all. Um, and it's, you know, it's a Bond movie. It is a international uh, thriller where they bounce from, like, country to country to country, introducing you to different side characters. There's always the... You know, Bond girl on one side and the Bond girl on the other side, and it's it's a you know it's the formula, and it, this doesn't break from it in any way, shape, or form. But this was kind of the first one that I watched as a kid, so I had a real um, deep affection for. And like I said, playing the video game, you know, a lot of these different scenes, like jumping off the dam right at the beginning in the cold open, was just like so memorable and so important to my you know elementary school days 
And I assume all of you had somewhat similar but maybe lesser kind of connections to this just because GoldenEye was the biggest video game in the world for a couple yeah. of years. <laughs> uh, Dave, did you ever play that when you were growing up? I played it so much. <laughs> it was actually un- uncanny. <laughs> It was that and Super Smash Bros. Those, the, yeah. those were the only two games I played. Mm-hmm. So I, f- I feel very left out because those were the two games that everyone played that I played the least out of any of my friends. Like I, I was too busy playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater and uh, like whatever football games were going on and Pokemon Snap, Pokemon Stadium, like those Pokemon kinds of games. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mario Tennis was a big one with me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the uh, uh, Cool Borders and. All that stuff. 10, I was, 1080 I was, snowboarding? I yeah, think we should just do this for the rest of the pod. Can we keep it rolling? Just, like, yeah, keep, let's just keep roll off yes, N64 games. Yeah. <laughs> Mario Party. Mario Party 2. Mario Party 3. Lest we forget. Yeah. Uh, Mario Golf. Uh, Super Mario 64. Um, anybody got any other ones? All right. I think we're, I think we're good. <laughs> no, no, no. I want to run this to the, into the ground until it comes out the other side. <laughs> It's it's the GameStop thing. It's coming back. I swear yeah, to God, it's, it's coming, coming back. back. Let's go buy you some shares. You just got a hold. <laughs> buy the dude. So speaking of GameStop, uh, <laughs> I, I was so late on, uh, I believe it was the GoldenEye game. I was so late on GoldenEye that I think that was the one that I picked up at, uh, at GameStop when I was like 15 or 16 or something like that. Used, of course, because yeah, right. Because <laughs> why not? <laughs> yeah, I, Zach, you were talking before, Zach, about the the uh, remembering from the video game versus remembering from the movie. Uh, and for me, there there was a lot of almost merging where I would like, I I had a very like a good memory for the quotes from this thing where I just kind of like mm-hmm. impulsively be quoting it, but. I would remember the geography of all the like locations from the video game, like how to get around them. So when they yeah. move from like one room to the other, or when he drops in into the bathroom and then goes into the kitchen and then comes, out, yeah. like I could place how to get from each of those spots and like where the rocket launcher was and stuff like that. That obviously is not in the in the movie. So that mm-hmm. was a that was a, a weird experience to go back and revisit that, and it was almost this like sort of um, more like three dimensional experience, four dimensional, whatever. Um, yeah, this was this movie was a lot funnier than I remembered it being. You know, I, like I think I thought of Bond movies when I was younger much more as like cool and actiony, and that's mm-hmm. you know true of some of them. But but with this one, like the way that I could appreciate it the most was when I was thinking of it as a, like as a comedy that wasn't being too self serious, um, which obviously still hits a point where that stops working and it just becomes deeply offensive and problematic. Um, but the the things I loved the most about it were like the jokes or the things that were so ridiculous that they were funny more so than like the action sequences aside from that opening which is still one of my favorite Bond openings so I do think that there is a very good action sequence later during the tank chase yeah um, which I oh, thought yeah. was genuinely oh, yeah. is it pretty... the tank chase yeah <laughs> is the entire scene <laughs> um, and, and I love you know it just the library scene just like... with the tank yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of just love it because it's kind of messy you know mm-hmm. a lot of current action scenes are very slick and tight and obviously choreographed so well 
And this is just, like, Bond running through walls and, like, running over cars and fucking things up for, like, yeah, five minutes. Yeah, let's put those skillful stunt drivers out of business and get the, <laughs> yeah. the real battering rams I just loved him, like, with his head popping out of the yeah. tank. Just yeah, right. <laughs> I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> uh, Got to keep that Pierce Brosnan hair perfect. Yeah, exactly. It's a real waste of his talents if he's indoor inside the tank and you can't see him. <laughs> Yeah, so, like, those, I think, are, like, genuinely good movie moments. And then there's a lot of just, like, the sexism of, you know, every Bond movie, but feels really specific here. And, like, the early chase scene where Xenia on a top's trying to kill him, but he has Money Penny in the car, and then he just makes a bunch of It's not Money Penny, but it's a a psychologist who's supposed to be (laughs) doing an intake on him. Yeah, and then, you know, she they pull over and he pops open the center console and it's a chilled bottle of champagne and two, like, glasses. And you're like, God, fucking damn it. <laughs> what got me was as soon as he stopped, he just leaned over, put his arm across the thing, and it was, like, two inches yeah. away from her face. I was like, come on now. Yeah. 90s movies fly. just failed so bad at um the constant you know misogyny of all of this well yeah they they were all written by men with uh male editors male producers like every eye that was on these movies was was male so and without a a, the the pushback being as um visible as it like there wasn't a twitter platform then where the -hmm. people who were definitely offended by it and hurt by it then could have like as much of a vehicle to sort of express that and have it get out and have more people jump on and support it right so you had a lot more people who could like blindly ignore it because they just wanted to watch the movie or blindly ignore it because they weren't being confronted with the impact of it or blindly ignore it because their indifference to it wasn't on display right so it's like (laughs) yeah part of the zeitgeist at that point so (laughs) good point zach yeah it um i don't know i i still found a decent amount of enjoyment from watching this movie again there are obviously scenes where you watch and just completely roll your eyes and i was like why are they on a train right now you know there are parts of it you're like this this doesn't make sense i i think it (laughs) it it's pretty telling that we've gotten this far and haven't talked about the plot of the movie (laughs) (laughs) which makes no fucking sense (laughs) it is inscrutable i have no idea i still don't understand the uh, the okay so alec trevelyan it's uh it's super his his (laughs) <laughs> it's really right, Nate, not go ahead. parents Nate, 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 go ahead we, Here's the we need your okay. so there is a British agent who's dead who is actually a Cossack agent who's alive and what he's trying to do is he's trying to steal a lot of money from a bank virtually in England and he's going to do that by destroying the British economy so that money doesn't matter anymore so they won't notice him stealing money Seems foolproof. Yeah, didn't touch that at all. And they do that, <laughs> and they do that, that with a satellite. <laughs> they do that with a satellite, and they—that's how they destroy things. <laughs> to be honest with you, I missed the money angle completely, and I've watched that movie at least three times. <laughs> it's it's like a, it's it's an offhand. Yeah, it's not even like part of the plot, really. It's just like part of the conversation they're having around. He explains <laughs> so it in the last scene. Were That's killed, it. It's so. just a. Yeah. It's it. Yeah. It hasn't been mentioned at all, and it only comes up in that last scene. Yeah. Why the train? Why the fancy train? When does that come in? They also only move <laughs> it like Pierce six are prequel. feet, and then it hits a tank. <laughs> not a Snowpiercer yeah. prequel. 
<laughs> I I think my favorite thing is the the trope of leave the hero to die on like multiple occasions. Oh yeah, uh, oh, yeah. giving him the the six minutes or whatever the like three actual the same minutes. the three same minutes six is minutes still you way too me. long. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> There's also the opening scene where, you know, he's chasing after the plane to jump off the end, and they're just like, hold, stop, stop shooting yeah, don't, him. He'll don't chase anyway. him. Like, yeah, right. Just kill him. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> it's, um, it's wild. I think we have to talk about, um, we have to talk about Famke Janssen as Xenia on a top in one of... Oh, we have to have a conversation about this. One of just the wildest Bond girl performances ever. She's a superhero, and her superpower is fucking Sexing people to death. People to death. Yeah, right. Squeezing them to death between her thunder thighs. <laughs> and just just orgasming the entire time. <laughs> Completely unnecessary. If you did a breakdown of, like, screen time to when she is sexing someone to death, it's you know you got a pretty solid batting average at that point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, somewhere between thirty and fifty percent. It is, it is just so much. It's so wait, what was the what was the game that they were playing in the casino? Baccarat, I think. Baccarat, 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 sure. Baccarat, that's the cold open. Baccarat is a it's a movie. That's a different game, Nate. That's a different game. <laughs> Not to spoil that movie, but that's uh, a very different game. They're playing Baccarat, and I think that's the only time where she is not <laughs> You did it, too. God yeah. God damn it. <laughs> I think that's the only time where she is not trying. No, she is trying to have sex with someone. Never mind. I take that back completely. Anyway, go on. <laughs> She's a character who's clearly written with a lot of care and, and consideration from, from the, the screenwriter, so... Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Then there's Natalia, the other love, the other 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 love interest of James Bond, who is the uh, Russian cybersecurity agent who does not die during the Golden Eye Strike, mm-hmm. and for the express purpose of being a love being interest. Being a love <laughs> interest, exactly. No, she it's, gets the she gets the the. You sit on it, but you can't take it with you. She gets the answer to that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, didn't the no, Bond, she didn't. Yeah, yeah, Bond got Bond that one. Oh, shit, you're chair. right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, she got boobies. What was yeah. that one? <laughs> oh, <laughs> knockers. Something knockers. in the front. Knockers. 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 Yeah. yeah. God, Jesus Oh, Jesus my Christ. God. Alan, Alan Cummings it's, it's, just going it's for It's weird it. that Boris was the, like, writer avatar. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, let's put ourselves in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> knockers. <laughs> knockers. Uh, I will say I did love the um, the American in this movie, Jack Wade, played by John Doe <laughs> oh, Baker. Yeah. Jimbo! Who, who is, yeah, who just calls Bond Jimbo the entire time. Uh, is that what makes this a classic American film? Yes, uh, which I, I genuinely do like his character. It adds uh, a pretty good amount of levity. But, like, yeah. this movie's too long. It's it's two hours and ten minutes. It could be I think th- ninety minutes. I think three of the four movies we're going to talk yeah. about were too long. Yeah, um, I don't know this. I have a soft spot for this movie. It's not great, but I love it, which is why it's in this category. And we're talking about it on this <laughs> podcast. Yeah, 
Any any last words on it from Oh, uh, Q is awesome. Love Q. Oh, yeah. yeah. Totally. He's he's also the Q. Like, yes. That's I, my I lunch. appreciate I appreciate Ben Wishaw shouts to Paddington, but absolutely. Yeah, no, it's it's he's phenomenal and I had forgotten that he was in this just cuz that, you know, I I you don't watch this all every rolls year. together, yeah, right. Um, so well, I, really I honestly forgot Judy Dench was in this yeah. too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the dame. Desmond all right, should we move on? Yeah, uh, I think we're going to what Dave next? Starship Troopers. Starship yes. Troopers in a world where the human race <laughs> is in a world <laughs> in a world where the human race is fighting a whole colony of uh, bugs that are across the entire galaxy. And uh, what's the best way to even, even describe this movie in like a few short words? I mean... <laughs> not, not this. Not this. <laughs> this uh... <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Cold Sorry, Dave. Here. I mean, I fucked up the, <laughs> I fucked up the intro. So. <laughs> okay, let's just say there are a lot of bugs... And uh, they are being shot intergalactically, inter- <laughs> and the humans are fighting the bugs. And uh... I mean, it, it's it's a almost war propaganda film, you know, for a lot yeah. of, and a satire of one. Right? It is, yeah, yeah, absolutely a satire of it. And th- there's a lot of like Nazi imagery and shit like that. And mm-hmm. I feel like one of the things that I had heard about over the past, I don't know, decade or so since the last time I saw it is that uh, you don't remember this movie the right way. Uh, you remember it as just, like, a fun romp, uh, and everyone's just shooting aliens and shit. Uh, but, <laughs> there's a lot uh, of that. Yeah, oh, there's, there's a ton, a of, ton, of, ton it. of that. <laughs> um, but it's actually, a uh, like, a commentary on the military-industrial complex and war propaganda and shit like that. And, and it is that, mm-hmm. but... I don't think that's like a profound take on that. No, definitely. No. definitely. Yeah, it wasn't subtle. Yeah. yeah. And, well, so the funny thing is, it was not subtle in the least. Uh, but I just I pulled up today just a, an article about uh, what the reviews of it were when it came out, and apparently everyone just missed it. <laughs> they were, yeah. I don't think I don't think anyone actually any of the critics actually watched the movie. I think they got like a few minutes in and were like, this is way too bloody. I'm out. Yeah. Um, which fair. But uh, yeah, I, I think like even Roger Ebert just like totally missed uh, who I, I guess really liked RoboCop, um, which also Paul Verhoeven and a similar tone, um, but just totally whiffed on this one. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dave, you want to lead us off on uh, thoughts? Yeah, no, I honestly I kind of missed the entirety of that of the premise to the dude. The if you had caught propaganda. that when you were, you know, <laughs> when I was what, like twelve, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I would have missed it. But I mean, it was like now rewatching it, it was actually incredibly insightful. Like you were saying, with like actually just taking a look at what it means to be. In in society that actually pushes uh, the war, the, the military industrial complex, it was insane how how parallel how many parallels I was able to draw to, especially like you were saying Nazi uh, Nazi Germany, but 
a few parallels but also yeah right <laughs> but also yeah <laughs> but also <laughs> the u.s uh and kind of the the proud to serve we believe the mm-hmm. uh, american go hard army slogans and everything like that I-, I thought one of the most fascinating things about it is that citizenship was tied to service yeah, exactly. you know and and what i if so i'd never seen this before but i guarantee you that if i had watched it with any time that wasn't the last few years i just not would not have noticed that as a main point of like you know americanness is tied to um service in wartime kind of thing or at least even like respect of the military is seen as a as a big factor in in being an american Mm -hmm. it's yeah yeah so my my enjoyment of the film kind of was based on um, a, a few things I've seen before, uh, or like reading Ender's Game, having seen the, I think, underrated film Ender's Game. I haven't watched it since it came out, but I remember liking it a lot. Um, and then there's, uh, there's a Black Mirror episode that's a lot like this. Um, and watching it with the idea that and and there are a a couple hints at it where the bugs are are not aggressive they they're attacking in in defense of of themselves and in in defense of their their planets and whatever um so it's kind of hard to enjoy the the goriness and like the mindless killing of these just like non-feeling non-thinking bugs um when it's mentioned they oh they're they're actually pretty smart and they have thoughts and they think this way and then uh toward the end when when you see the like the big brain thing mm-hmm. um and they're just like poking it with things and it's yeah it's uh it's a tough watch if you're uh i don't know if if any of your empathy bones kind of uh start feeling pangs <laughs> for giant slugs yeah. well i, I mean, mean that's it, that's the thing though it's, like yeah, it's exactly. they're supposed to be disgusting yeah and right dehumanization of the enemy um Mm -hmm. and othering that was i think especially during the vietnam war um when Mm -hmm. american jazz went over there it was just um the just the complete these are not people and i don't know how directly this is playing off of it as a direct metaphor but you know in general the it's great to be a soldier. The best thing you can do for your country is be a soldier and kill whatever foreign forces and they're not human in any way kind of thing mm-hmm. has lasted a really long time. And, you know, it's been since 97 and is it's, I think this movie probably is better now than it was then. Oh, a hundred percent. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah it was, Especially it was, after our, go for it. Oh, go ahead. Nick. No, 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 you go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, it was interesting, like, having never seen this before um, and coming into it, I think the only way that, that you could enter into it was more sort of focused on those elements of it. So there wasn't the um, uh, the the gore and the action of it wasn't as um, much, uh, like, that wasn't the spectacle quite as much as, like, the overt propaganda or the um, the very sort of, like, thinly veiled at what was going on, like the classroom sequence at the beginning and the way that like they're mythologizing yeah. about the process of citizenry and, and all that stuff as if it's like preordained and determined by God the same fucking way that it gets talked about 
when we're growing up and we're learning about how government works and things like that and like the 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 conversations mm -hmm. around it are steeped in this sort of like notion of this as the absolute reality and therefore that's what we're operating in rather than as a convention or as something that's uh, invented by by people and constructed for a purpose and that's how i think in so many cases we just sort of walk blindly into situations like that and assume oh this is the way government has to work or this is the way that uh we are supposed to be as people and, and anything breaking away from that is you know not the not accepted um so that uh, that i think was really um uh, that set off a lot of alarm bells about what the movie was trying to be from the jump uh, coming into it at this age, which I would have tuned that entire sequence out. If I was, <laughs> yeah. you know. um, the other thing that really jumped out was the, the last line for me, which I think is tied into what, what uh, or one of the, the last line in sort of the, th the Neil Patrick Harris's last line before it sort of does the, the propaganda film at the end. Um, but when he, Spoilers, I guess, for <laughs> for this movie. You're supposed to have watched this movie. Yeah, yeah you need to watch this. Yeah. <laughs> when he reads the bug's mind, uh, the, the brain bug, and he's like, it's scared, and everybody cheers, thinking yeah. that, like, yeah, oh, because they're, they're finally putting the fear into him and stuff. And, like, and that, that cl very clear, like, the only way you can read that is that, like, you humans are destroying everything for everyone, mm -hmm. and therefore... Other beings are obviously terrified of you, and and that that moment was just like so effective on the watch. Um, the middle portion of the movie kind of lagged for me when it was more just the actiony stuff and didn't have as much of that. I think I was looking for more. Again, um, way too long. Way too long. Uh, I I mean, one of the coolest things about this movie for me is that it does blend this kind of fascistic military-industrial complex, but also is super progressive. Like, women are in the lead in a bunch of the different military things, or, you know, the co-ed shower scene, as much as we kind of laugh about it, is, like, really forward-thinking for 1997. It's, it's very non-sexualized. Yes, yeah, totally. Yeah. It's just a bunch, bunch of folks hanging out in the shower, busting each other, you know? And it's just played as a... That's, that's another thing that, uh, that, that might be, like, a one of those like fuck used to the audience like yeah. this this is not what you think it is kind of yeah deals, and totally. I, I respect that and but then at the same time you kind of get the the inequality in in between men and men and women when johnny rico fires a grenade in one of the bugs blows it up he gets promoted immediately and then the girl does it and she gets what killed in two seconds. Oh, she gets absolutely she gets, yeah, impaled, <laughs> destroyed. Yeah, right. <laughs> but but also immediately after yeah. Johnny Rico uh, does the grenade thing and gets promoted, he gets the opportunity to promote one of his. Yeah. and he immediately co yeah, and he immediately and goes, and he goes yeah. for Ace yeah. instead yeah. of Dizzy or uh, her name's Dizzy. Dizzy. Dizzy yeah. yeah, there's also okay. like lashings in this movie, you know, yeah. which yeah. is it's, and they show it to you in very graphic detail. You know, it, mm -hmm. it's not just like, you know, you can shoot that scene from the front where you don't show, like, the actual backlashings. But no, no, they make a point to show you, like, every scar that is cut into him. It's like, okay, sh like, shit, like, we get it. It, it is <laughs> it is a, a lot. Do you have any idea how much money this movie costs to make? Probably Actually, a lot in 1997. In $1997 dollars. I don't even know. I've actually. got it pulled up, um, so I'm not going to answer. I'm going to say seventy million. Dave, do you have a guess? Hold on, I'm going to say 
Actually, probably closer to a hundred million. I would say a hundred and five million dollars. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah, you, you got me with the uh, ninety-seven dollars. That's that's so much money in nineteen ninety-seven. That that is a. I pulled up the inflation calculator. That is a hundred and seventy-two million dollars. Yikes! Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, like that's a that's I will a Bond say, movie. Yeah. The the yeah. the practical effects are are sometimes really shitty, um, but the bugs don't look they terrible. Were, no, yeah, they were actually yeah, pretty good, impressive. and they didn't feel like they were like layered over CGI. Right. Yeah, I think yeah. I think if you put this movie out today, like yeah, people would it say some be. shit about it, but like, well, it would look it, it, it would look like it was like kind of like play campy you know yeah. not going all the way for it but yeah. but not like we were just watching the terminator earlier and like when you see his face with the, the first one with the eye and it's like clear yeah. it looks like a michael myers mask <laughs> like it just feels completely <laughs> anachronistic yeah i mean so dave i had never seen this and i'm very glad you suggested it because i think if i would have watched it when you first did when you were young i would have had the same thing it's like oh this movie's cool there's shooting and violence Mm-hmm. And then if I had watched it when I was, like, 20, I would have fucking hated it and thought it was the dumbest movie ever. Mm-hmm. And now I can watch it and it'd at least be like, oh, there are a lot of this that was kind of super prescient um, in the moment and wasn't appreciated until way later. So yeah. I, I, I've i seen it once and it was when I was, like, really drunk when I was, like, 21 or 22. So <laughs> You're going to say 12. And I was like, Jesus, <laughs> really drunk just when I was starting early. Just, okay. And therefore Hammered did not it. appreciate the movie. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I was I was eight years old. I just didn't get it. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else of note. I mean, the fact that they all lived in Sao Paulo was interesting. Uh, that's uh, where they lived, uh, right? Buen- uh, Buenos, Buenos, Aires. Aires. Buenos Aires. Yeah, Buenos Aires. Buenos Aires. Um, which which I thought was an, yeah. That, and it's that's just a really totally interesting unremarked. Because. Well, also her her last name was um, Ibanez. Forget what her, yeah, but it, but it was pronounced like Ibanez or some shit yeah. like that, where it was just yeah. like very whitewashed, um, and I, I guess kind of like hinting at the fact that just like uh, America is colonized. Um, uh, yeah, right. That's, the, the that's definitely States. the implication. Yeah. yeah. Um, like the guys, the main character's guy is Juan Rico, but then they call him Johnny Rico. <laughs> yeah, Casper yeah. Van so Dien. Do you guys ever get names stuck in your head, like just uh, names that's just so interesting that you just like keep repeating it in your head? Like yes. Harge Ca- Aird. Casper, yeah, Harge Aird is lives in my brain rent free. Uh, <laughs> Casper Van Dien, I've just been repeating since I saw his name on the on the call sheet. (laughs) On the call sheet, (laughs) sure. You know, when I was running auditions for for Starship Troopers, as a drunk eight year old for this movie. (laughs) Well, I was I was six when they were when they were filming. Um, Still drunk though. But but yeah, Casper Van Dien, who uh, who had a uh, role as driver in. Uh, lady driver, in lady driver in 2020, <laughs> but not the one you're thinking of. 
Is is that a ladybird <laughs> drive combo? Oh my god! Wait, yeah, Ryan uh, Reynolds in the lead in Sergio Ronan's role in Lady Bird. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly the same movie except Ryan Reynolds wearing the fucking dragon jacket. Yeah, Crash Into Me definitely has a different uh, <laughs> different connotation. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> On that note, let's sh- shift focus. Uh, Nate, you picked The Mask of Zorro. I did. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Tell us about this one. <laughs> so, Mask of Zorro is one of those movies that I, I probably rented from a library a number of times uh, back when all of those were things. Uh, it's a it's a film about Zorro, the, the character. Um, he's portrayed by um, first... Anthony Hopkins in this film and then Antonio Banderas. Um, uh, movie came out in 98. It's, it's I think, technically deemed a swashbuckling film, if you if you want to sort of categorize it in a certain area. Um, <laughs> swashbuckling. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Te- right, well, technically? I'll, I'll, <laughs> I got the, I got the page wrong. up right in front of me right now. I'll, I'll put that on the on the list of topics for our next podcast for uh, <laughs> uh, swashbuckling yeah. films. There are plenty of them. Mask he's, of Zorro, not whatever wrong. the sequel to Mask of Zorro is. Uh, the Legend Pirates of, of the Zorro. Caribbean 5 on Stranger Tides or yep. whatever. Can we do Master and Commander? Uh, Prince of Persia is on here. That should Prince not be Persia. on there. That's on oh That's God. on racist films. That's We put that in a different category. <laughs> it does fit with the white people playing people of color category that Mask of Zorro also falls into, so we can, we oh, can yeah, do it that Jake way. Oh, yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal was yeah, in that Jake one. Yeah, Jake, I totally forgot Jake Gyllenhaal that. as the Prince of Persia. <laughs> <laughs> Noted Persian. Yep. Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal, famously Persian. Uh, so Mask of Zorro. I feel like this is as good a lead into it as any. Um Mask of Zorro uh, was a movie that I saw, you know, probably five or six times before I was, like, conscious of what watching a movie was when it was just kind of a thing that, you know, happens. Um, and and so there were elements of the plot that I remembered, but I didn't know how I remembered or, or sort of, like, uh, moments of dialogue that I could recall and then things I had completely blacked out. The whole mining sequence, like, I had no memory of that stuff. <laughs> which, um, which you reasonably so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't watching it as a child and saying, "Oh, you know, child labor laws probably <laughs> prevent this from <laughs> being real." They didn't learn anything from Harlan County, USA. Uh, I don't think anyone did. But w- so uh, similar to our conversation about Golden Knight, like the the treatment of Catherine Zeta Jones's character, who in my memory was like, you know, a co-star of this movie and, and in the film is clearly not is, is, is presented like purely as a sex symbol and as a romantic. Um, she, she has target. like one moment of being a total badass, and it's right before there's undercut. like, yeah, there's, there's like a deeply problematic sexual assault. So, um, so it was a weird mix watching this of sort of like the, the jarring sort of like being hyper aware of those things as they were happening. And then, um, still sort of feeling nostalgia for moments of it or moments where the humor was genuinely like, uh, you know, funny, even if it was in a different way than they intended. Um, and more than anything, really just being blown away by Anthony Hopkins flowing locks. Um, and, and I mean, primarily his chest hair, but also, you know, some of the stuff coming off his head. Um, I, I came so close to making the 
the still of him blowing the smoke circle uh, as my profile picture on Letterboxd, but I don't really want Brownface to be my profile picture on Letterboxd. Right. Um, he's, he's just been out in the Tuscan sun for a little while. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, yeah, I, yeah, I'm interested. I, I did, had all of you seen this before? Had, had some of you seen this? I think before? I saw it in 1998, and that was it. Yeah. So, Nate, this, this was like, if I had thought of this movie ever in the past like seven to 15 years i might have chosen this one because i absolutely loved this movie yeah. when i was a kid i i dressed up as zorro for halloween like twice maybe three times um yeah i mean uh th- this was you dressed up as zorro yeah. three times for halloween hey <laughs> the between the ages of seven <laughs> that's about three times too many in my opinion, oh absolutely right. <laughs> uh Zorro again, god damn it. <laughs> I, th- I think it was twice. Yes, that's um, the problem. Shoots, right? <laughs> it's how many times? <laughs> it was the, the third problem. time. Yeah. Uh, I-, I did love that movie when I was a kid. But um, rewatching now, um, I didn't think, I-, I wasn't expecting the movie to be as, I- I- like, it-, it wasn't self serious. I-, I-, I was expecting it to be way more like, I guess serious. Uh, I, I think the the deal, the things that it reminded me of were one Indiana Jones in terms of tone. Like everything was very quippy, and the action was all kind of like intentionally clumsy. Um, and then the other was like a Jackie Chan movie, but without the like obviously like insane skill and acrobatics. But like using all of the the things in the room in weird ways mm-hmm. to uh either to effect of like hurting people and getting out of the situation or just in turn like for humor and and i i thought it was i thought it was pretty fun pretty funny um aside from obviously the problematic parts but i, I enjoyed this movie a lot more than i was ex- expecting i i liked uh, I think your description of it as a Jackie Chan movie without the talent is pretty correct. <laughs> and maybe damning. <laughs> um, I, I did like a lot of it. A lot of it I just found myself being like, oh, this is just like kind of lighthearted fun. Um, uh, there were parts of it that they tried to tie in that like the whole like child slavery part. Um, and and is, the lost city of El Dorado? <laughs> out of nowhere. From the clouds. Yeah, by the way. That's my Bob oh, Odenkirk. God. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. Dave, had you seen this movie before? I had never seen this movie before. Oh, so, wow. like, this is all coming in as new to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad I'd seen, that I'd seen the Antonio Banderas one, but, like, I'd never seen the Anthony Hopkins one. So have you seen the, the following Antonio Because there's a, yeah, se- there's a sequel. Yeah, the following Antonio yeah. Banderas one. Yeah. I don't. I've, I have no recollection of that. I'm sure I've watched it, though. Oh, it's entirely too long. I remember that. <laughs> That's actually the the common thread between the two. Yeah, <laughs> Entirely <absolutely>. too long. <laughs> so, what was There's... it like gazing to, into the uh, chest hair of hot Anthony Hopkins? Oh my god, man! <laughs> I had an itch on my face that only that chest hair could satisfy. <laughs> <laughs> 
You, it sir, have bad. found yourself a cold open. <laughs> <laughs> so, how long, how big of a uh, time difference was it between <laughs> this and, um, uh, fuck, what was it? Uh, Hannibal. Hannibal Lecter. Oh, it was. I think it, it was, was oh, two. Oh, f- four years. Four years. Maybe five. What? This is ninety-eight. Yeah. I think Silence of the Lamb was like ninety-two or ninety-three. Let's see. Silence of the Lamb is ninety-one. Okay. Okay. So he had seven, some time seven, to get seven. hot again. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Wait, well, hold on. Straight, time for straight Anthony shots Hopkins and Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh man, it it's a a wild movie. I I don't know who the the white dude in this movie is, and I don't care to learn his name because he is just like a white pillager, more or less, and is one of the worst written characters I've ever seen in a in a major motion picture. What the dude with the long hair? Uh, yeah, well, we know who you're Not, talking about. I just don't know what to say about him. <laughs> There's nothing to say. He is a villain for the sake of being a villain. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think there was just like a really clumsy attempt to write the history of the of southwestern America, northwestern Mexico <laughs> into <laughs> this there was movie. So many directions. Yeah. It was literally two, yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> northwest is one direction, Nate. Anyway, um, it's uh, it didn't w- you take orienteering? No, Did- <laughs> clearly not. They didn't enough, offer right? that at Wesleyan. <laughs> it sounds like something they would. Um, it was, it was fun. I liked it. It was a good time. I don't really need to think think about it much more, (laughs) which is a perfect three to five, you know, three star that you love, like five star kind of movie. Yeah. Um, should we talk about, um, uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones's performance in this? Because I thought she was really good in the limited time that she's actually given to act in this. Yeah, if only okay. So, the her sword fighting ability, uh, pretty solid. I mean, the the camera was Not on bad. her the whole time, so she like that wasn't a stunt person doing that. I, I mean, like there were probably cutaways where it was, but uh, the CG was not at the point where they could do that uh, then. So that was definitely her. Um, good shit. Wish she had been given more to do like that. Um, yeah, I liked her in this movie. Yeah. Solid. All right. Should we move on to Blue okay. Streak? Yeah. <laughs> Blue Streak. All right. Blue Streak. Uh, the concept of this movie is that Martin Lawrence is a jewel thief. Uh, no, can you can uh, you go by the uh, quote on Letterboxd, please? It is way more succinct and way more accurate. It is, he's a cop that's not... it works okay so martin lawrence is a jewel thief who gets caught in the middle of a heist uh 
in haste to not be caught red-handed and maybe have the opportunity to come back and reap the rewards of that heist, he hides the diamond in the ducting of a building that's under construction. Uh, He serves his two-year jail sentence after being caught, comes back to the location that he left the diamond, and it is now a fully completed police station. (laughs) And... This is the uh, totally absurd story of a man infiltrating a police department and trying to go back and get his diamond. Thoughts? It's like that. I I love this movie. This if Chris didn't pick it, this would have been on the top of my list for three star movies. I love like five star movies. I've seen this movie so many times. I really I completely it. forgot how much I absolutely loved it. This movie made me laugh so yeah, much. It's so funny. When, especially when I was a kid. Yeah. Oh my movies, god. Movies don't make me laugh out loud that much anymore. I was I was out loud cackling at some of the shit that was happening in yeah. this movie. Like that pizza delivery scene when he's <laughs> <laughs> so much. <laughs> oh my god. I can't handle it. I, I was I was laughing at Dave Chappelle on site. Like that yep. dude. It just, it's just so the the especially that the era. I mean, that, yeah, right. Is just so good. Uh, that was my biggest takeaway from the movie: is that Dave Chappelle and Martin Lawrence were and were still one. are super yeah. funny, yeah. Um, and just like on site can be funny, and that's such an a rare talent. And having both of those guys in this movie, D- Dave Chappelle obviously underutilized in this movie. I don't know what you could do to expand that role, though. I think they kind of did they everything they could. Yeah. To... <laughs> they did everything. Really, they really. Were, they were like, "Oh, this shit's this shit's working." That's a real. Yeah, like, that's a real. He was on shoehorn him yeah. at the end of this. He's on, on in the script for that one scene at the beginning, and they're like, "Fuck! All right, go write it. Let's yeah. just make... give me another oh three God. scenes." Yeah, because there was no way that he was actually going to appear in that final scene. Like, where did he come from? <laughs> Just kind of popped in there. <laughs> All right. I honestly don't know how he. Know yeah, he how don't know how he got there. Okay, can we can we ask how long do you think the original cut of this movie is? Because oh, seventy three minutes. Oh, it has to be like under. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's no, 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 stop it. Oh no, no, no. You mean before before the editing? Yeah. So I think they... this movie was like two and a half hours. Yeah. Like, All right. Cut. Cut eight plot points. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't matter what we're left with. This movie needs to be ninety. Minutes. Well, there's the there's the weirdly sort of implied but never realized like romantic subplot. Yeah, with, uh, yeah. Uh, between Martin Lawrence and the only female, and the only female, only female character, female and they instead, at some point in the editing, went, "Well, what if there's no women?" And then just kind of <laughs> rolled with it. <laughs> which, which, I'm not normally okay with in movies, but I feel like uh, probably whatever they had in there was way <laughs> worse. Yeah, it's fine. It. <laughs> with our probably... comments about this having aged better than some of the other movies, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the real thinking meme of oh, like you God. can't yeah. be, misog- be misogynistic <laughs> towards women if there are no women. <laughs> you would be surprised. So, yeah, shocker. Not true. <laughs> it's what Mafune did. Um, yeah, it... Wasn't expecting to have Mafune talk on this podcast. Stray Mafune shots. Um, I... 
I laughed out loud during this movie so many times. The shootout in the in the convenience store, where it's just like, oh, put yeah. your hands on the oodles and noodles. <laughs> <laughs> Which flavor? <laughs> Chicken and beef. <laughs> It's just so stupid oh, and, and immediately recalled, you know, those quotes from, like, elementary school and, and middle school. Um, and it was just, like, a a very fun trip down memory lane for me. There were things that I appreciated this time around that I definitely did not really catch the first time or, like, the first 12 times I watched this movie when I was a kid. Uh, just, like, the the brilliance of of martin lawrence's character like going in on that like on the first time he gets to like go do an investigation and he just like figures out all the shit mm-hmm. and like i thought that shit was cool the first yeah. time but like him doing the whole like all right man here's what's gonna happen yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna let you go <laughs> you just don't do this again like that's that stuff's so good uh and and i mean say what you will about luke wilson like uh, there he has many better roles than this and he's doing his best uh he's not giving reinhold and he's he's like trying to do an impression of judge reinhold in beverly hills cop and it's just not really it's not that um and but like he's okay at being the like just dumb guy following along with whatever's going on yeah um but but him him doing the whole like oh i see what you're doing like you're you're letting him go so that you can catch like the big, big guy later. later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like <laughs> no, <laughs> this is the guy. <laughs> can we well, can we be... talk about the scene where Martin Lawrence is driving back and floors it and jumps the cop car eight hundred feet into the air? Oh yes. <laughs> Yes, and it doesn't even like crash it on just, land on impact. It's just right back to drive. incredible shocks on that car. <laughs> it's a it's a very Ferris Bueller scene where uh, in that scene where they leave the car at the parking garage yeah. and those guys uh, the it, it's like the Star Wars the, music because yeah, they're yeah, taking right. off. Yeah, and that's not the thing that they're worried about when uh, when they get the car back. It's the mileage. <laughs> yeah, because um, that car would have been destroyed. So. Chris, can you explain yes. to me what happens at the end of this movie? Why? Because I live the closest to the Mexican border? <laughs> no, because I think you work one, of you, one of you at random. <laughs> what, what happens in the last 15 minutes of this movie? Okay, so there... Oh, you want, like, the whole, like, drug deal thing? Yeah, yeah. What is the mechanics of the drug deal? Okay, so... <laughs> They're trying to take down this big drug dealer. So Martin Lawrence, because he needs to get the diamond out of the drugs, uh, volunteers to be bait for this big drug dealer after they've captured all these drugs. This is the... The sting. Okay, we'll let them go so we get the big fish. Uh, So they go to the wholesale deal, and for some reason this guy trusts all of these people that he's never seen before in his life. Uh, and as soon as it starts going wrong, all the cops come in and try to take him down. And I guess they do, but Peter Green gets away. Um, and I'm not entirely sure why the cops are really concerned with Peter Green at that point. 
I know, I know why Martin Lawrence is concerned with Peter Green because he has the diamond. Uh, and then they go across the border, uh, Martin Lawrence, because he is not a cop and doesn't have to worry about jurisdiction, goes across the border, too, to get his diamond, <laughs> then shoots Peter Green, dead, <laughs> and then everyone's like, all right, cool, and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> I think I'm, yeah, I'm completely pretty, I'm missing pretty the whole point. Job. <laughs> completely missing the whole point that he just committed murder in Mexico. Yeah, right. Like, like, yeah, you can't well, if you commit me murder in, in Mexico, it doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that the Mexican we don't make authorities the on there being like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> I do love that he tries to claim to be a federale at the end. Yeah. My federale hood. Yeah. <laughs> I think you just told those fellas you got a cat in your pants. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it is. The, the, I think. I think the the one thing about this movie that's unrealistic. The one thing uh, is oh, yeah. the, absolutely the one thing is that Luke Wilson uh, becomes smart enough at the end to understand what's happening. There's yeah. no way Luke Wilson's Correct. character yeah. would ever come up <laughs> with what was going all on. together <laughs> because we don't know. <laughs> they don't plot it well enough for us to know. He just like suddenly knows his real name and is like, "Yeah, I know, I know you." <laughs> oh. Just been fucking with you the entire time, man. I yeah. I miss Mark. So I he was in the new Bad Boys that came out early last year. Yep, the 2020 Bad Boys. Bad, but I miss yeah, Martin Lawrence comedies. He, I, I didn't see the the recent Bad Boys. It and I good. know it got like mediocre reviews, but a lot of people were just like happy. It was to see like Martin it was Lawrence like watching an old Will Bad Smith Boys back movie. Together. Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. It, mm. it was. I I think if you remove the nostalgia factor, it's a pretty comparable film. Oh, he he was amazing in the Beach Bum. He was so good in that movie. Oh yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he was really good in that. Never watched that. Um, uh, it's it's that's uh, fine. depending on who you ask. It's a movie you can or <laughs> don't have to watch, or an American classic on par with Goldeneye. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I, I think the the other Martin Lawrence movie I, I watched when I was a kid uh, was Black Knight, and I oh, yeah. have no oh, idea Black how Knight. that has aged. Oh my god! Spoiler for our next list. episode. <laughs> I, yeah. Like honestly, I need to go back and rewatch it just to see if it is aged as well as Blue Street. I love that. How movie long? Uh, Ninety-five minutes. I might watch that after this. <laughs> Number one review. <laughs> Fell asleep during Holy Mountain and Mulholland Drive. Wide awake during Black Knight. Therefore, Black Knight is superior film. <laughs> <laughs> what a good review That's for this podcast right. specifically. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Watch Mulholland Drive on the last one. <laughs> Oh man! All right, so let's. I, I think we should segue into our awards, and I think we should start with F. Gary Gray. Um, so this is to recap our version of Fuck Mary Kill, where F is, I guess, a movie that you could watch one time and be happy. Like that's the movie you would choose to watch the one time. Gary would be the movie that you're going to revisit the most often gray would be the movie that you're, you'd be happy not watching again. And then an addendum to that, that does or doesn't have to be enacted is the law abiding citizen clause 
where you can strike a movie from the historical records and no one has to watch it again. Uh, Personally, I'm not. I'm not going to use that in this round. No, but, I'm not either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dave, you want to lead us off with your F Gary and Gray, if you're ready. Uh, okay, F. I would definitely say. I would definitely say Starship Troopers is a one one time watch for me. I love it, uh, but that's pretty much it. <laughs> um. Gary, I'd probably say Blue Streak. I'd go back to that anytime. That's a good laugh. And then Gray is GoldenEye. You know, uh, sorry <laughs> for whoever picked that one, but uh, nope, just can't have that anymore. Too long, right. didn't make sense, didn't like it. <laughs> good segue to me, because that's exactly what I have. I have F Starship Troopers, I have Gary Blue Streak, and I have Gray GoldenEye. Solid. Uh, mine is ever so slightly different. I have F Blue Streak. I have Gary Starship Troopers, and I have Gray Mask of Zorro. So, I again, there were none of them that were like total stinkers, but you know, personal preference is personal preference. Yeah, mm-hmm. I yeah. had um, F Goldeneye because. Primarily Boris. for Boris. Yeah, right. That's, that's really what holds it down. Um, Gary was Blue Streak. Uh, and Gray, this is this is where it got really tricky because um, I didn't want to erase Zora. I, I didn't want to erase Starship Troopers, rather. Um, I feel like I've gotten enough from Zoro at this point in my life. <laughs> so I was fine. You know, if you really love something, you can let it go. So, so I decided to Gray Zoro. Uh, oh man! And a first ever in the history of the the two uh, so podcasts we've done this for is someone graying their own movie. Um, yeah, and and you know, Starship Troopers is is floating off somewhere in oblivion. There, um, really liked it. Never need to see it again. Really liked a third All right. of it. <laughs> Never need to see it again. Well, let's get into our uh, our other awards. Um, First, let's go with the Bob Odenkirk Award, the award for the person who showed up late in a film where you're like, oh my god, look, it's Bob Odenkirk. Um, Nate, let's lead off with you. So, uh, I want to caveat this by saying that I felt like it was late in the movie when he showed up, and I think that says everything it needs to about runtime. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to go with Dean Norris in Starship Troopers. That, that, is, that is mine as well. Who I'm fairly certain <laughs> shows up somewhere at the halfway mark. It's it's no it's like thirty five minutes into the movie because <laughs> I also wanted to make him that but I did Th- that is mine. <laughs> I was gonna say Sean Bean for me in Goldeneye. I mean he showed up immediately, but then I didn't expect to see him at the end of the movie. There you go. He popped back in. There you thought he died, but like, it oh, actually turns out that he died later. <laughs> he died <Yeah>. later. <laughs> he died okay, so- another day. My, mine's mine's mini driver. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Mini driver. She she showed up for so short a period of time, but she's uh, even at the time was probably too famous to be doing that. Um, and then as my uh, honorable mention, because it's not really a Bob Odenkirk, because she showed up Octavia like, Spencer earlier. No, even earlier than yeah. I mean Octavia was that was something. Um, 
even earlier than Dean Norris uh, is Rue McClanahan uh, of Golden Girls fame was the biology teacher in Starship Troopers. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Did not notice that. Also in Starship Troopers, like, is Amy Smart is like the pilot who's oh, there yeah. with Denise oh, Richards yeah. for like a hot two seconds. Oh, yeah. She comes back in the end, too. Yeah. That, yeah, that was that was on my list. I wasn't sure if that counted as an Odin Kirk. A little too, maybe a little too short. I, important to note with Mini Driver, this was only two. Uh, this was two years before uh, Goodwill Hunting, Good so Hunting. really escalated yeah. quickly with her career. <laughs> All right, uh, second, let's go with the Rebecca Pigeon Award for worst accent work. Dave, what you got? Uh, come back to me because I'm still contemplating. Zach, this one. what do you have? <laughs> uh, I have a tie with Famke Janssen and Alan Cummings for Russians. In How Golden dare Eye. you, Boris? <laughs> I have Famke. Yeah. I the the Russian I accents would agree are with just so over the top. I had uh, I can break her codes. Um, I had a, a tie between Famke and. Um, Every single person who is speaking in Starship Troopers, no one sounded like they understood how to speak in that movie. What, so what is what is the opposite of this award? Because shout out to Anthony Hopkins for being Zorro and just talking like Anthony Hopkins. And <laughs> just not even giving a shit. It's like, this I mean, is what I appreciate Zorro, that. This is what Zorro sounded like, you know? I, I think that helped make it less problematic yeah. in a way. We were under no illusions that it was Zorro. Like, I mean, that it was Anthony Hopkins. Like, it wasn't, it, he wasn't trying to, yeah, right, totally. It, it definitely salvaged just a modicum of it. What Nate said. Uh, Dave, you got anything extra? Uh, let's just say everyone from Starship Troopers who was supposed to be South American, but they turned out to be <laughs> yeah. very white. <laughs> oh, man. All right. The James Woods Biggest Piece of Shit Award. Uh, who we got, Zach? Uh, I have uh, Miles Logan from Blue Streak because he absolutely learns zero <laughs> lessons the entire movie. So this is Martin Lawrence's character. So he infiltrates a police station, (laughs) lies, commits so many crimes, kills multiple people, flees the country, and is like, I did great. You know? I... All right, well, let me me counter that with Peter Green, who kills the first person in the movie, uh, John Hawks, I believe, uh, and also learns absolutely nothing and is only vindicated by being dead by the end of the movie. I think both of them are very good candidates. But for me, it's like Miles Logan is the quote-unquote protagonist of this movie. And he beats the fuck out of so many people. In his defense, he doesn't know he's the protagonist of a movie. <laughs> but he, he is... So I don't think he should be held to a higher standard than the guy who literally murdered one of his own he, crew. He literally the murdered the, the other guy. <laughs> They murder. Okay, but the first guy murdered John Hawks, and that's a different layer. Like that's inexcusable. Really, yeah, yeah. Miles Logan is my biggest piece of shit award. (laughs) That's a choice. (laughs) Dave, what you got? I would say, what is it, Shania Onatop in Goldeneye? Zenya, 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 Zenya. I can't breathe. Oh my god. 
scissoring the shit out of everybody. <laughs> She's not yeah, great. Scissoring multiple people to death. You're not going to get any pushback from me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, Nate, who you got? I went with Don Rafael Montero, who stole a fucking child and pawned it off as his own for her entire life. And also was okay with child slavery. Also okay with child slavery. <laughs> also then took his daughter hostage, not his real daughter, took his fake daughter hostage, used it so that he could kill her real dad, and then was like, you thought I would hurt my child? That dude's a fucking piece of shit. That is James Woods to the core. Yeah, I think I think you win that one. Um, that's that's the worst person. It's pretty shitty one. Big classic villain. Not great. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> Dom Cobb Award for dumbest name, oh. aka the Harge Aired Award. Um, I'm I'm gonna jump in on this one. Go with the Zinnia on a top. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They also go with the uh, the most Russian names they could possibly think of for every single Bodies. other character. <laughs> yeah, they, they just looked at like the Natalia Federer Ru- Russian Natalia. Olympic hockey yeah, team. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Valentin Dmitrovich Zukovsky. Yeah. <laughs> Natalia Fironova Smirnova. <laughs> nope, that yeah. wins. It is it is just Oh yeah, Valentin Dmitrovich Zukovsky. Amazing. Nailed it. It is uh Oh god, there's so many Russian names in this movie. Wait, what? Daniel Craig was in this one? No, no, no. This is what? Pierce Brosnan. No. Wait, okay, what? I'm looking at the Golden Eye cast, and it's saying Daniel Craig was in it. What the? F- no. There's no way. That'd be a hilarious way that he would get casted. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know Bond. why. I go- <laughs> I'm Legacy. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't have a title in no, the yeah, main character, so that's not him. Okay. Yeah. That would be all right, Nader, Nader, Dave. Do you guys have any different Dom Cobbs here? Uh, Johnny Rico no, was in contention, um, uh, partially just because I, I I really love the movie Tombstone, and so every time they said Johnny Rico, I was like, his name's Johnny Ringo, and you're mispronouncing it, and it's really frustrating, man. So that distracted me a lot. <laughs> but white dude named Johnny Rico wasn't great. I had Xander Barkalo. Uh... <laughs> That's definitely worse <laughs> from the same movie. <laughs> Xander Barkalo. It's bad. Uh, yeah. Dave, you got anything else? No, I had that Valentin Dimitrovich Zukovsky. <laughs> yeah, <that's... laughs> oh, that just rolls off the tongue real smooth. All right, well, let's go. Uh, all right, we're doing the Lakeith. Um, Zach, you said you had one that was the last two rounds. Yeah, right? I had Peter Green. For this one, okay, uh, from both Pulp Fiction and uh, Blue Streak. All right, Nate, do you have anything extra? Uh, I do. It's it's from the entire ballot collection, not from the recent rounds, and it's dead dogs. Yeah, there's a dead dog in uh, <laughs> Starship Troopers, and there have been lots of dead dogs, and it needs to fucking stop. Is my thought. <laughs> so we need to do a yeah. better job with these movie picks. <laughs> Coming up, uh, Marley and me. <laughs> I had I had Blake Lindsley, who uh, she plays Katrina in Starship Troopers, and she's also backup singer two in Mulholland Drive. God damn it! 
<laughs> I found that by accident. <laughs> I was trying to figure out what I knew Blake Lindsley from, and it turns out I don't know her from anything. But it turns I out from sounding like Blake Lively. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Uh, Dave, we can skip you on this one because this is really there. just for uh, <laughs> for the legacies. Yeah, inside three person <laughs> yeah. baseball. Yeah, for uh, those of you who have followed with every single movie we've ever watched. All right, I think I, I think that's it for awards. But I wanted to introduce a new award, um, l- less for this round, but I wanted to preemptively get it out there for the next round. Uh, this is the Dutch Boy Award for the worst name for something scientific, and I'm going to give that to Goldeneye. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we haven't watched any of the movies yet, but I know there's going to be some crazy shit when we're talking about time travel movies. There's going to be some kind of scientific name for this shit. So, uh, Dutch boy, the uh, Geostorm preventer from oh God, the movie Geostorm. Geostorm. Oh my God, Dave, have you watched? I Geostorm? remember watching that and turning it off halfway through. How dare like, you? You made a movie. you made a mistake, Dave. <laughs> You couldn't have heard the seventh story about when they were children and going fishing with their father. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Not enough geostorming in the movie called Geostorm. Yeah. No, I was, Make it hot I was words very cold. upset about that. Green. <laughs> Wet where it's dry. Wet where it's dry. Colbert's hot. <laughs> Brazil. Oh, my God. Uh. So, Chris, what's our next podcast? All right, next podcast, we're going to have our friend Eric Wall on who has taken a college course in time and travel. Therefore, it's not a joke. <laughs> this is a real thing. It's, it's Theory of the time preeminent travel. expert within the ballot community. It's cinematic universe. And so we're going to watch some movies about time travel. Uh, Zach has chosen the movie Primer. Uh, I chose the romantic comedy about time (laughs) nate chose tenet uh wall chose 12 monkeys and then our ballot pick is going to be terminator 2 judgment day i don't think we could talk about time travel movies and not talk about um terminator 2 about time (laughs) uh wall also said do not talk about uh Back to the Future 2, because that is the worst time travel in any movie that's ever existed, I think. How um, dare you? He so bets on sports that. books. It's brilliant. Yeah. I think if you wanna if you wanna cover my thoughts on Back to the Future, just listen to the John Mullaney bit about Back to the Future. Yes, because you are equally as funny as John Mullaney. <laughs> I, I, I've been told. Yes. <laughs> Dave, did you enjoy uh, listening to us talk over you for? Ah, <laughs> uh, dude, that's pretty much all of our conversations. So I enjoyed it pretty much the same as hanging out with you guys. Oh, oh, oh! No, I'm just kidding. This was super fun, guys. Lots. Yeah, of well, uh, fun. we we have uh, many 
slots open in the future. Yeah, we have uh, <laughs> 20 <laughs> episodes to fill. So, <laughs> so literally you can come back on. Always for guests. So, <laughs> we'd love to have you and think of those two sentences as completely independent of one another. <laughs> I like that. Well, I'm definitely coming back, so you guys let me know which hole to fill. <laughs> and uh, all all of them. <laughs> All of the holes to fill. All right, we're that part of the pod. Okay. (laughs) Getting sexy over here. All right. Dave, the second you come on the podcast, it's already gotten sexy. Ooh, yeah. This was the final episode of Velvet. Thank you for joining us. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, thank you for listening to and to Extra Piss Off Zach, the second episode of the third season. Of ballot. Hope you enjoyed. Love you. Bye. Bye. See ya. Oh, we're not clapping this time.